Hello and welcome to the latest Providence Journal Pick and Pop podcast. Uh, we're taking the uh, podcast on the road this week. We're speaking live from, I don't know, where would we, where would we say we actually are, Bill? I'm here with Bill Koch. This is Kevin McNamara. Uh, we're previewing the uh, URIPC basketball game on Saturday, and we're down here in Kingston, but where exactly are we? We are inside an athletics conference room in the Mackle Fieldhouse. That would be the indoor track and field facility for those of you who haven't been here uh, in Kingston and, and might not be familiar with the layout. Um, well, I'm familiar with the layout, but, you know, I'm old school. That's Coach Skinner's office is next door, isn't it? That's right. And then Coach Harrick. That's right. And then that's pretty much it. And that's when the uh, Rams built the Ryan Center, and I don't venture over to the Mackle Forum too many times since then, but uh, we're down here to meet with the uh, URI coaching staff and uh, players in advance of Saturday's game, uh, 4.30 at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. I've just been told that it's, it is on national TV on, on the Fox Sports Network, which means check your listings, but locally in Rhode Island it will be on Cox Channel 5, uh, the old Ocean State Network. So uh, if you don't have a ticket, and Bill, I understand tickets are hard to come by. Uh, it's looking that way. Uh, last I heard, they, they were either close to or at a sellout. Uh, they released the last public tickets, I think, on Monday. A lot of these were tied into season ticket packages for PC where you had to buy three to get this game. Uh, you know, really heard a lot of complaining from some folks on that. Smart marketing. Uh, you know, do, do you really want to go watch Providence play Wagner uh, or play Maine? Uh, no, probably not. But they'll sell three games for the price of one. Rhode Island has done the same thing with, with a couple of their lesser non-conference and A-10 games. Uh, and that's where we are in, in 2016, 2017. If you really wanted to go to the game, you would shell out for it. And really, you, you should want to go to this one because it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and uh, you know the many plans that both URI and PC have always protect their better home games. This year, Rhode Island has protected the Dayton and VCU games, which I understand are close to sellouts. And the, uh, obviously, the PCURI game is close to sell out as well. So, if you do have a chance to get any good ticket below seventy-five dollars, that's not expensive. That that's what a good ticket is going to go for. And there's uh, many more available way above that, and a few below. But uh, tough ticket to get. And uh, Bill, it's understandable why. It's it's it, as this college basketball season has progressed, we're into the third week now. We've seen both PC and URI change a little bit, morph, grow. Uh, and clearly get better, both teams. Uh, we're going to start with the Friars, who played last night at the dunk and took care of New Hampshire. Uh, Ed Cooley said they played well for about 30 minutes, and that's pretty much true. Uh, it kind of rode a first-half burst from Rodney Bullock, who went on to make five threes and finish with 36 points, a career-best 36 points. Uh, you've seen Providence enough to know that you know offensively, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. But maybe surprisingly, defensively, they've been very consistent and, and very good. Very good. Uh, held New Hampshire to 33% in the first half of this one. They had a nice lead at the break, up by 16. And we've seen them do that to a few teams. You, you look at the Emerald Coast Classic, what they did to Memphis uh, in Florida, a team that was averaging 87 points a game, and they completely handcuffed them. Uh, you know, The second half, like Providence did against St. Francis Brooklyn, uh, sort of let the foot off the gas a little bit on the defensive end. Uh, New Hampshire shot 50% and you know, got back within striking distance, sort of, relative. No, it was an 11-point game with like five minutes to go. But as we've said from the start of the year, uh, if Providence was going to do anything at the offensive end, it was probably going to be through Rodney Bullock. He was going to be this team's best player, leading scorer. He's come into the 
He's, he's sort of come into that role here over their first seven games. Career-high 36 points the other night. He was making three-pointers. He had five of those. Uh, he's getting to the line frequently. He got there 11 times. Um, six more rebounds, three assists even for Rodney, and three steals. Just a complete line there. And, and you know, really last night looked like one of the best players in the Big East. No, he played re- very well. And, uh, again, Providence is clearly going to need – Another big game from Rodney, pretty much against any uh, big-time opponent that they play all season long. He was the reason that they hung uh, against Virginia and uh, obviously had a very good game uh, scoring-wise, pretty much the only Friar scoring-wise in the uh, win over over Memphis. Um, Providence going forward here, it'll be interesting to see both teams uh, on Saturday how many guys get serious minutes. You know, if you look what Ed Cooley did last night against New Hampshire, uh, actually, Drew Edwards uh, was the first reserve off the bench uh, for the first time, and he really hadn't played all that much. And then he cycled through and, and played 10, 10 players. Uh, I just can't imagine in a big-time game like Saturday's that'll happen. But uh, with foul trouble, and I think we've seen both at URI and PC, depth is a concern, but it's also very, very important. Well, just looking at the Friar box score from last night, let's try to identify who he really is going to go to, uh, he being Ed Cooley, who he's really going to go to on Saturday. You'd think he's going to go to Isaiah Jackson. Mm -hmm. He's going to go to Drew Edwards. He'll probably go to Khalif Young. uh, Just, you know, in in case Emmett Holt gets into foul trouble, you'll see Khalif Young in there banging on the boards. But after that, there's no guarantee that, uh, Malik White is going to play. There's no guarantee that Alpha Diallo is going to play major minutes. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to cut that rotation down. It's going to be needs-based on both sides. Uh, and I think for Providence's purposes, if you figure this game is going to play like your usual rivalry game, low possessions, rock fight, you know, not really a lot of running, um, they're going to use that long defensive lineup that they've used to great effect here early in the season. And that means we're going to see multiple guys out there who are 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", with Kyron Cartwright, it's probably the only quote-unquote small player out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably makes them the most effective that they can be on the defensive end of the floor. And uh, uh, excellent way to end there. There's no way that the only thing that Ed Cooley's thinking about between now and 4:30 on Saturday is how I defend Rhode Island. That, that's my number one concern. Uh, Rhode Island with a, with, a, with a veteran team that uses the ball screen so well, uh, and Providence has basically shown everything already defensively. They've had to use zone. They've had to use the 1-3-1. Obviously, they've played a lot of man-to-man. I don't know what Providence is going to do defensively against Rhode Island. I would assume a mixture of everything, but maybe it's just needs-based. You know, see where the leaks start and you just try to plug them. Yeah, I mean, at at that end of the floor, you look at what they did against UNH the other night, uh, forcing 17 turnovers. They outscored them 24-11 off those turnovers. Uh, you know, if they're able to force Rhode Island into similar difficulty handling the ball, it's going to be a, a relatively easy night. Because, like I said, I, I don't think there are going to be a lot of possessions in this game. I, I think you're going to look for a game in the 60s. And if Providence is able to hold Rhode Island to, say, you know, 40% shooting like they did against UNH and, you know, force them into 17 turnovers, that's 68 possessions. They turned it over on a quarter of them. You, you, you really can't win a basketball game doing that. Um, you know, and... and yeah, I just look at Providence, and I think that, that they have done a good job establishing that identity early. I, I think that was always going to be a question about this team. When you lose Chris Dunn and you lose Ben Bentel, you know, what sort of, of team Ed Cooley was going to have here in terms of options and how he wanted them to play. And, and I think at that end of the floor, 
They've done a very good job of sort of you know, settling into some roles and, and settling into a style of play that they would like to see that you know, really is going to give them a chance to win more nights than not. Well, I think that's what it is. Uh, this is not a high-powered offensive team. You know, the, the one stat that jumped out at me last night is uh, Providence had 12 three-pointers. Uh, this is a, an improved three-point shooting team over a bad three-point shooting team from last year. But I don't consider them a strong three-point shooting team. That said, Ed Cooley wants them to take 23s a game. They took 21 last night. Uh, you know, they're going to beat basically every team on their schedule if they're making 12 threes. You know, that, that's not going to happen uh, very many times. But if you can tell me that Providence is going to make 8 to 10, uh, they're going to be a tough out. Well, it's... it's you know, the game has trended a lot more towards analytics in recent years, and the most efficient ways to score are at the foul line, next to the rim, and from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it makes a lot of sense. You, you know, it wasn't necessarily the case last night, but you see Providence in a lot of games will only have two or three two-point field goals that are outside the paint. Uh, you know, and it's, it's just very clear where they want to take their shots from. Uh, it's going to be Emmett Holt on the block. Uh, it's going to be Jalen Lindsay on the perimeter, and it's going to be Rodney Bullock somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the rest of those guys really are, are second and third offensive options for this team. You, you would expect between Rodney Bullock and Emmett Holt, you would expect them to take most of the shots uh, in a half-court set. And, and I don't think there's, there's really anybody else who they would – run a play for sure. or design a set for. I, I think those are the two guys who, when you look at Providence and you try to break them down, those are the two guys who you need to account for. Yep. And Cartwright off the ball screen, just because he has the ball in his hand so much, he, he certainly looks to pull up and take the jump shot or get to the rim as best he can. But, uh, you know, that's the same with, with any point guard, really. Uh, we're going to jump here to the Rams and then come back and circle back to a few wrap-up items uh, with that will concern the Friars. Um, we both watched the Valparaiso game on Tuesday night. Correct. Um, where the Rams played. I actually thought they played better than, than people are giving them credit for. I just give Valparaiso an awful lot of credit for really playing well. Alec Peters playing as well as any, hopefully, any opponent that Rhode Island will see all season, especially in the second half where he made a lot of really tough shots and just, he was Dirk Nowitzki. You know, he did whatever he wanted at 6'8", 6'9", very tough defend. Uh, and he, he carried his team to the win. And, you know, uh, obviously a uh, tough environment, road game. It's, it's everything that college basketball is supposed to be. It's hard to win on the road. And I don't want to hear that it's, well, it's only Valparaiso. You know, there's a reason Notre Dame and Indiana don't get in their buses and play at Valpo. It's a very difficult place to win. Now, it's 65-62 win for the Crusaders. Uh, Alex, Alec Peters was the best player on the floor. It's really that simple. He, he looked like an NBA you know, sort of small forward, power forward-ish type guy. Shot it well, rebounded it well, and in the last five minutes of that game, there was no question where the ball was going to go to. It was going to go to Alec Peters. Uh, you know, took Karan Iverson out onto the perimeter and, and took advantage of him, whether it be going to the hoop or, or making, you know, jump shots or getting to the line. Uh, you know, your, your point, Kevin, I, I think about the opponent is well taken. Uh, for those who pay attention in college basketball, Valparaiso plays in the Horizon League. The Horizon League put a team in the national championship in back-to-back years. That was Butler. Um, you know, they have been to the NCAA tournament frequently. They've won that league in the regular season frequently, which means that they have been the best team over the duration of two, three months. Uh, Just think of the coaches who have been there. Right. They've had Homer Drew, Bryce Drew. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's an excellent program. Uh, you know, that said... 
Yes, you're disappointed that Rhode Island lost the game, uh, but it's not a quote-unquote bad loss. Valparaiso is going to be a good team going forward. They, they will be a contender for that league title. The disappointing thing was the manner of the performance, the way that Rhode Island played. Uh, you know, the fact that they got off to a slow start, uh, that they had a couple guys, you know, sort of play timidly on offense, uh, and then on the last possession, they didn't get a better shot. Uh, you know, and I think those things are, are certainly questions that you can ask and that we will ask of, of Dan Hurley and the players mm-hmm. uh, going forward. But you know, to say that you know, the sky is falling because they lost to Valparaiso, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch at this point in the season. No, it, it is. And you know, I, I like to say with this Rhode Island team that the, they, they put the cart before the horse, you know, top 25 and pick to win the league and j- j- just, just play the season. Just play this season. How about winning a road game against a good team uh, and, and then protecting your home court against a good team? Uh, you know, I, I, I think they did that against Belmont. Uh, I don't care if uh, their best player was around or not. Uh, Belmont is, is another good team that we could see in uh, in March. That has a chance to win their league. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, you know, good win. Cincinnati, obviously, good win. It, it's about building a resume. You can't just say, well, oh, geez, one loss and, you know, How's this going to affect us in March? Relax. There's a long, long way to go before we worry about whether Rhode Island is an NCAA tournament team, what seed they are, etc. You just have to you got to win the next game. They have to go to Providence and win, uh, and then they got to protect their home court against Old Dominion, a team they lost to last year. And then they got to go on the road and play a Houston team that might be better than Providence and Valparaiso. See, now folks are going to look at... You know, the Old Dominion game, and they're going to say, well, it's just Old Dominion. You know, they play in the CAA. They're not very good. They played Louisville into overtime, and if they had made some free throws, they would have won that game. Again, this is the cart before the horse thing. Why do we think that Rhode Island is better than Old Dominion? They lost to them last year. Now, I know E.C. Matthews wasn't in the game, but it's not as if Rhode Island should just show up and beat teams like Belmont, Valparaiso, and Old Dominion. Why? They shouldn't. Uh, is, is the answer, and they have those are tough games, and, and they have to get them done. And uh, you know, so far they're one and one. And again, uh, next is it Tuesday or Wednesday when they play Old Dominion. Uh, that, that, that's a real game, fans. Uh, come and watch, and you'll be impressed with Old Dominion. No, it's it's a uh, it's an, it's an interesting it's an interesting point that they're at right now because you you look and you say they're a veteran team, all the pieces are in place, they should be winning, but these guys still haven't done it. Um, well, you know, I'm going to stop you right there. I read Bill, Bill Reynolds' column this morning uh, that referred to the veteran URI team over and over. And if you look at the roster, they do have veterans. They have a lot of juniors and seniors. Well, Karan Iverson really hasn't played with E.C. Matthews very much at all. That's true. Uh, the freshmen, who are important players uh, off the bench, are, are freshmen and are playing like freshmen. They're not ready yet, which is understandable. They've only played you know, six college games. Uh, Stan Robinson hasn't played with any of these guys in a real college game. So is it a veteran group? It's a veteran group, but it's not a veteran team. This team did not come back intact from, you know, a 25-win season. They won 23 games two years ago when a lot of these pieces weren't weren't even on the campus. No, that, that's true. And, and I think, you know, going forward, it, it certainly, you know, games like the other night are, are where you find out about yourself. Not playing Marist. Um, you know, with all due respect to Marist, you, you don't find out much playing Marist and, and playing Dartmouth. You find out something about yourself when you play Cincinnati and you're down 12 early and you need to respond in the second half and you need to grind something out at the end. You find out about yourself when you're playing at Valparaiso and the game is lost uh, and all of a sudden Valparaiso makes a couple mistakes and you have a San Martin at the foul line one and one to try to tie the game. 
uh, you know, very difficult spot for Hassan. His free throw numbers aside this year, I made the point on Twitter. Career, he's not a good foul shooter. There are a few places on the floor where he's more uncomfortable. That's who you want to foul. Than at the foul line. That's the guy who, sure. if you were an opposing coach, you'd say we want to foul him. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think w- what's instructive, you know, the good thing that you've seen early from this team is that you know, they have a true alpha dog, and it's Jared Terrell. And mm. the last time that they were a really good team, uh, when they were in the NIT a couple of years ago, that was T.J. Buchanan, uh, who came off the bench, who showed you that sort of defensive grit and toughness that you know seniors have in college basketball. Uh, Jared Terrell has it, and he has it at both ends of the floor. You, you look at how they were struggling against Cincinnati in that first half, down 12. He makes a couple back-to-back threes. He wakes up his teammates. He wakes up the crowd. The other night at Valparaiso, it was the same thing. He makes a couple shots in the first half. He's taking the big shots in the second half. He has the confidence to do that, and it looks like he has the approval from the coaching staff and from his teammates to do that. The sooner that they can identify those sort of roles, something that Providence has done very well here, early through seven games may be better than Rhode Island has through the early part of the season, the better off Rhode Island will be going forward. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with, uh, we're going to play a little match game a little bit. And, uh, Bill, I'm going to ask you, if you are uh, Rhode Island, what are your concerns about Providence? And uh, then I will flip-flop and do the same from uh, Providence's point of view. Well, I think first it's Rodney Bullock, and it's how we're going to guard him, uh, especially coming off a game where, a sort of perimeter forward like Alec Peters you know, really got off against my defense. He had 27 points. He made shots. He got to the foul line. You know, Rodney Bullock, you could argue, is a better offensive player than Alec Peters. He, he might not be um, you know, as traditional a postman as Alec Peters, but I think he's more capable on the perimeter of taking you off the dribble uh, you know, or potentially you know, making a bunch of three-pointers in a game. Uh, you know, the other thing that concerns me about playing Providence is that you know, the Providence fans can say all they like that this isn't a rivalry and that they would like to compare themselves to Villanova and to Georgetown. And Ed Cooley can downplay this and say that, you know, this isn't a rivalry and, you know, it should be played at the dunk every year and, and that it's, you know, like last year he said it's just another game on our schedule. Well, what did they have last night for New Hampshire? They had 4,800 there, did they yeah, not? Yeah, I, th- I think the turnstile will be a little busier and, on and Saturday. The, the other night against St. Francis, Brooklyn, they had 4,200. Is that right? And, and I'm going to guess that on Saturday, uh, the dunk holds about 11,000, 12,000. 12,000, I guess it will be 12,400. I'm going to guess that out of those 12,400, 7,500 are not going to be Rhode Island fans. No. Uh, I, I'm going to make a safe wager on that. This game matters to both teams, no matter what the coaches want to say, no matter what the fans want to say. And it's a, it's a big chance for both teams to generate even more momentum into their non-conference game. Well, uh, before I do my concerns, I'm going to just respond to that a little bit. I, this game has always meant more to the fans than the players and the coaches. I think that's still the case, and that's why it's a great game, because the fans want to see it, and the fans buy tickets and show up and show the passion that you'd like to see out of college sports, and I think that will certainly be on display uh, Saturday. Uh, if I am Providence and look at Rhode Island, I, I have a long list of concerns, but the top of my list is guarding them uh, off the bounce. Uh, uh, I'm very impressed with the way Jarvis Garrett is playing. You've already mentioned Jared Terrell. Uh, Obviously, E.C. Matthews is a very dangerous scorer. Those three guys off the bounce are real concerns defensively, if I'm for me, for Providence. Uh, Obviously, Kyron Cartwright will be matched up with Jarvis, but 
Uh, Jalen Lindsay has really been the best defensive player the Providence has had. Uh, I'll be very curious to see who he guards. My guess is it's E.C. Matthews because Jalen has that long, lanky body and is very strong at 225 pounds. But then, you know, you have Ryan Fazekas on the floor. I, I think this is a game where Ryan won't play all that much because defensively uh, he's going to be a real, not a liability, but a real concern. They'll have to hide him if he's guarding Jared Terrell, for example. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of Isaiah Jackson. I do think you're going to see uh, Alpha Diallo a little bit just because of his length and ability to play defense. So that's my number one concern is guarding them off the bounce. Number two is, is fouls. And, you know, th- this is the great... Oh, boy, we could say that about both teams. Well, and, and that's why I'm bringing it up. This is the great unspoken in, in both teams' eyes. You take Rodney Bullock and put him in foul trouble, Providence can't win the game. You take Hassan Martin and put him in foul trouble, and that happens a lot. Rhode Island's in, in trouble. I mean, trouble. And we've seen anyone who's watched college basketball this season knows that there's, they're calling a lot. They're calling a lot, and the coaches don't like it, and they better get used to it because that's the way they're supposed to call the game. Right. If you put two hands on a player on the perimeter, it is going to be called a foul. And you know whether, whether you like it or not, you can debate the merits of it uh, going forward, whether or not it makes it a better game, a worse game. You can't do it. It is what it is. And more important, what they're calling this year, Bill, is uh, – uh, any kind of obstruction of the dribbler. Uh, and, you know, we have two very quick, good point guards in this game, and those guys pick up, they draw a lot of fouls. And, uh, you know, so not only is staying out of foul trouble an issue, but making free throws is an issue. Providence uh, was 10 for 17 from the line uh, last night. That, that can't happen. Rhode Island did not shoot free throws in the, you know, in, under pressure at Valpo the other night. That's a real problem. Um, I think we're good. I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, everyone always says, you know, who do you think will win? Uh, do, we, do we want to put each other on the spot, or do we want to just leave it up to the, to the fans to, to respond to that? I would like to say, who do we think Vegas thinks will win? Who's going to be favored in this game? That's a good call. Um, you know, everyone will assume that Rhode Island will be favored. I think Providence will be favored by one point. They're going to be a short favorite in my mind, maybe one or two points. You, you also keep in mind that the home court – depending on which service you uh, do your accounting with, counts for three or four. So that means that they think on a neutral court, Rhode Island would win this game by two to three points. But as I said, the crowd at the dunk is going to be a factor in this game. You've seen it, Kevin, when some Big East opponents have come in there. It's a major factor. It's been a factor, and, and it will be a factor on Saturday. I'll put it this way. It was a factor at Valpo. It's going to be a factor three times more difficult to win at the Dunkin' Donuts than it was Valparaiso. So if uh, Rhode Island can play better and play well, I think they will win. But uh, Providence has a huge advantage with that uh, with the home crowd. Uh, everyone enjoy the game. If you don't have your uh, tickets, you could be out of luck. And if you don't have your restaurant reservations for 7 o'clock on Saturday night, you really need to get to the telephone or uh, opentable.com and, and get, it, get it locked up. Bill, thanks very much. Thanks, Kevin.